Listener Production. Hello, Tom Tilly with you for The Briefing. Thank you so much for listening. Um, We'd love you to subscribe if you haven't already, whether you're listening in Spotify, Apple or another podcast app. Make sure you subscribe. Also rate and review. We'd love to grow The Briefing audience. Um, Feel free to tell your friends about it if you're enjoying it. Let's get into it. Uh, The number of male teachers in Australia is steadily declining. It's been doing that for decades. In Queensland, for example, in the last two decades, the number of female teachers has increased at a staggering 230 times the number of male teachers. At my previous school, I was, other than the principal, I was the only male teacher there. That's primary school teacher Joel, who you'll hear from later in the podcast. He's basically an endangered species because by some estimates, if the decline continues, male primary school teachers will be extinct by 2050. Our schools are a microcosm of what happens in our broader society and therefore we want to see our staffing reflect the society at large. So in this episode of The Briefing, we're going to find out why there are so few men going into teaching and what's being done to try and change it and what we lose by having so few male teachers in our schools. That's coming up in just a moment. First, here are today's big stories. Uh, Katrina Blouse joins me. It is the 5th of June. It's a Monday. Hey Tom, hi everyone. Well, former Liberal Party staffer Bruce Lehrman has spoken out in an interview with Seven Spotlight program and he's denied he raped Brittany Higgins. Did you rape Brittany Higgins? No, I didn't. It simply didn't happen. Did you have consensual sex? No. Did you kiss her, Bruce? No. Were you intimate with her at all? Not one bit. So Lehrman was accused of raping Brittany in the office of the then Defence Minister Linda Reynolds in March 2019. A trial was abandoned because of juror misconduct while the ACT Director of Prosecutions decided not to proceed with a second trial and there are no findings against Bruce Lehrman. He indicated his theory last night that he might have been framed. I think that a white lie to save a job occurred and tick, that happened um, because she saw me getting the turf. Uh, And then she's come into contact with media elites uh, that have sort of latched onto this, given the environment at the time in 2021, um, uh, to to weaponise it and, and advance a movement, really. So Higgins denied fabricating the allegation during the trial, telling the court, I'm not a monster, I'd never do something like that. Lehrman has always maintained his innocence. He says he hasn't ruled out suing Higgins for for defamation. And I guess, Tom, we're probably going to be hearing a little bit Mm. more about this than we have already. Yeah, speaking of defamation, um, the interview has dropped just after the news last week that he settled his defamation suit with News Corp and Samantha Maiden. But the defamation action with Lisa Wilkinson and Channel 10 is still ongoing. And in India, a preliminary investigation has identified the cause of the train crash. We now know that two passenger trains collided with a stationary vehicle. The railways minister said there was an issue with the electronic safety system regulating signals. And it's the worst train crash in India in two decades. 
Less than half of Australian voters will support an Indigenous voice to Parliament. So this is all according to the latest news poll. 46% said they intend to vote yes in the upcoming referendum. But that will still outweigh the number of people who will vote no, which is at 43%. And here's the kicker, 11% are undecided. So this poll was done late last week and Mm. it surveyed around 1,500 people, which, look, I I was saying I don't think that that's a huge um, sample size, Mm. but but you were saying, Tom, that's pretty standard for these kind of polls. Yeah, it is. I mean, I was interested in that number, 11% undecided as well. I thought that number would have been higher. Yeah, but potentially given that we are still some way out, I think what this does show is that people just still need a bit more information and that maybe other things have been on our minds, like, for example, interest rates. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, the other interesting data from this survey was sort of looking at who would vote yes and no. And yes, voters were more likely to be female, younger and city-based and university educated. And the no votes were more likely to be men in regional Um, non-university educated people and over 50s. So interesting, you know, how this is skewing. And it's been rumoured for some time. Now it's been confirmed. Long-time Aussie Test batsman David Warner plans to retire from Test cricket after this summer, after our home series against Pakistan in January. The opener is about to play his final Ashes series in England. If I get through this and and I can make the Pakistan series, I'll definitely uh, finish up then. Yeah, so David Warner's 36 years old, so he's had a pretty long and pretty great career. Um, In the last year or so, though, there's been a lot of question marks over his form. He did hit a great 200 over the summer, but apart from that, he did struggle to hit runs. So there was constant media speculation about when his time might come. So I think it's good that, you know, he's made it clear heading into this Ashes series. Hopefully that can sort of clear his head and he can go out on a high scoring lots of runs for Australia and bring home the Ashes. It starts next Friday. I wonder what he'll do after cricket. I mean, him and Candice are such a power couple. Mm. I can't see them fading into obscurity anytime soon. Yeah, well, she's just put out her book with her whole story and, um, you know, works here at Oz Stereo, um, the owner of Listener as well on Triple M, doing lots of commentary. So she'll be around, that's for sure. And I'm, I'm sure, mm. he, you know, he'll still have an active role in public life as well. Um, We'll catch you later. Katrina Janfran's about to bring us this really interesting interview about a threatened species, male teachers. I'm going to throw some statistics at you. These are from the Bureau of Stats, so they're national figures. Bear that in mind. In 1970, women made up 60% of the Australian teacher workforce. Men made up 40%. 60, 40, yeah, not a bad split. 50 years later, by 2020, of the 288,000 full-time teaching staff across this country, 72% are women, 28% are men. And when you look at primary school teachers, that figure, the amount of men compared to women, that figure is less than one in five. And this is before a global pandemic put extra strain on the profession. So why are fewer men taking up teaching? And will we really get to a point where male teachers become a thing of the past? For now, they still very much exist, I can assure you. And Joel, we're only going to use his first name, is one of them. 
He's 30 years old. He's been a primary school teacher since 2015. He's currently teaching at a primary school on the central coast of New South Wales. And he's agreed to talk to us about this issue. Joel, thanks so much for joining us here on The Briefing. Let me just start by asking you, why did you decide to go into teaching? I really like kids. I like the way that they learn things, uh, those kind of light bulb moments. I was involved in like church, uh, kids clubs and things. And um, yeah, so I decided to give teaching a go and thought if I don't like it, I'll, I'll bail. But um, yeah, I've enjoyed enjoyed it for the most part. So yeah, that's why I'm here. In the time that you've been a teacher, because you started teaching in 2015, have yeah, you noticed a decline in male teachers during that time? Yeah, I think I've noticed a decline um, generally in te- like particularly young teachers, but yeah, probably more so in male. There's probably a few things at play, potentially, well, just the current climate with accusations and things. I had a guy who this girl told him, I don't like you as a teacher and I'm going to get you fired. And he, um, she made an accusation. It was proved to be false, but even still his reputation was tarnished enough that he decided to leave. Um, so that could be a factor. I think also just with the increase of workload, I, I wonder if there's an element of, in terms of your workload versus your paycheck, um, the only way to increase that is to increase the paycheck is to climb up the ladder, but with that comes more work. So I think a lot of guys I've seen have just changed lanes and gone to something else where the, the workload is less for, for the money that they're getting. But at my previous school, I was, other than the principal, I was the only male teacher there. Uh, and so I had a pretty good relationship with a lot of the teachers. They didn't like the principal though, because he would often talk to me because I think he wanted other male companionship around and there wasn't, <laughs> there was no one else. And so that got a lot of teachers offside with him. So it could be, that could be a factor as well. Yeah, it's funny because it feels like this kind of um, self-sourcing pudding almost. So there's fewer men that are going into the profession and because there's more women than men, the men going into the profession feel like it's a more female profession than it is a male profession. So they stop going into the profession, which makes it more of a female profession than a yeah. male profession. So they stop. Go- do you know what I mean? It ends up being this cycle. Do you, do, do you see that as being? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I, and I think too, there's, there's this expectation that if you're a male in the teaching profession, you should be aiming for being a principal or something, or you should be aiming to at least climb the ladder to be an AP or a, a deputy or something. Um, and so I think there's some guys that, yeah, feel a little bit like, oh, well, am I really doing a good job if I'm not striving for that? If I'm like, they kind of question themselves because they're, they're not, yeah, they're not chasing that. But yeah, you're right. Naturally being less, less men, there is uh, less men going into it as well. Yeah. What do you reckon we stand to lose if we don't have any male teachers, both in primary and high school? Yeah, I think particularly those, so I teach stage three, which is year five and six. I think particularly from those kind of year four, five onwards, particularly into early high school, it's so formative for kids. And there's so many kids these days that don't have any other male role models in their lives. Like the only other males they see are the the people on TV, the footy players or the movies they watch. There's real value to having men that are switched on and down to earth speaking into their lives and um, yeah, mentoring them, so to speak. A lot of kids, mm. they're not getting that at home. That was primary school teacher Joel speaking to us there. Now, state governments, um, because, of course, education is the purview of the states, are very well aware that this is happening. They've been trying to rectify it. Uh, Queensland had a, a strategy to recruit male teachers from 2002 to 2005. That was when the strategy ran. Uh, it did sweet FA, clearly. 
New South Wales, for example, also had a four-year strategy a little bit more recently that included using more male teachers in social media advertisements, putting them sort of front of face, visible at career fairs, also didn't work. So what will? Angelo Gavriliatis is the president of the New South Wales Teachers Federation. Angelo, thanks for joining us. We've known about this issue for decades. What's being done to turn the tide around and why have previous efforts not worked? I think part of the problem lies in the fact that uh, those responsible for policies, uh, ministers, bureaucracies and the like, are failing to tackle the root causes um, uh, that have seen this decline in male teacher numbers. The root causes being primarily salaries and conditions of work. What we're seeing in the care industries is gender discrimination and thereafter a downward spiral, if, you, if, if I may put it in those terms, with respect to um, the conditions and thereafter the impact on women who are predominantly make up the, the professions. In teaching, women probably make up more than 70% of the, of the profession. It's lower in secondaries, higher in primaries and early childhood. So this is an issue. We've always taken the view that our schools should represent our societies. Our schools are a microcosm of what happens in our broader society. And therefore, we want to see our staffing reflect the society at large. So when you say that there are some the, these issues, and, and you name salary and you name work conditions, um, that still doesn't explain why there's a discrepancy between male and female teachers, because female teachers are working under those conditions and they're earning those particular salaries. And yeah. there's way more women than men. What is it specifically that is driving that demographic shift in the profession, where you have my- way, more, way more women, far less men? Men are going to male-dominated industries that invariably pay more. That's the labour market reality. Now, there are other factors associated with it beyond just salaries and conditions. Uh, There are also perceptions, regrettable perceptions, associated with men and teachers, male teachers, and the younger kids are. These are regrettable perceptions that really came to the fore uh, some 20-odd years ago when there were some very, very ugly incidents relating to child protection and related matters. So that's seen male teachers... You know, turn away from, discouraged, if you like, from going into teaching, particularly in those earlier years, and hence why the percentage of female teachers in the earlier years being much higher than what they are in secondary school as well. Mm. Right. So how do we change this? Because I know, I mean, we'll take the state of New South Wales only because, you know, it's, I guess, the most populous. This is happening right across the country, though. Um, There has been efforts by the New South Wales government to try and recruit more men into the profession. Hasn't worked. Where have they gone wrong? Well, again, I I know I sound like a broken record. It's paying conditions. Here's the problem, though, Jen. Our teacher shortage is so severe that the most current number is 2,174 permanent vacancies. The number is higher than that because I'm only reflecting permanent vacancies. So in many instances, it's a case of not having any teacher. Yes, we want our schools to have a cross-representation of society at large in our staffing profile, but right here, right now, kids are missing out by way of not having any teacher at all. 
it's a sad indictment on our society, on our state and our country, that the right of every child to be taught by a qualified teacher every day, every lesson, has been compromised with thousands of kids missing out every day. So we can have the discussion about increasing the number of male teachers. It's an important discussion. And at the end of the day, I know whilst parents have often raised the question of male teachers, uh, I know what they're more concerned about is having a teacher right here, right now yeah. in front of the classroom. You're right. Look, it is a particular time for the teaching workforce, particularly because we've come out of three years of a pandemic that hit that particular workforce very hard. I just want to go back to the point that you mentioned about the perception of male Mm. teachers um, Mm. and, you know, people perceiving it not really as a job for men. How do we change that? We need to do a lot of work in, in that regard, and this is where the, um, the departments of education, uh, the ministers and, and the like, have really got to talk up the profession and a profession for all. Look, notwithstanding the challenges that we face every single day, I still consider it the noblest of all professions. There's no other professions where you're charged with the responsibility of moulding that young mind into that responsible citizen uh, of the future. It is a great profession, but it's a profession under stress. We need to make sure our politicians look after the profession, promote the profession, and in doing so, we will see the numbers grow uh, with male teachers as well if we fix up the pay as well. Our salaries have declined dramatically in comparison to other professions over the last 30 years. Historically, when we were compared to other professions, other degreed professions, it was engineers, pharmacists, accountants, that class of profession, similar qualifications. Well, as I said, there's a serious discrepancy and that discrepancy is even greater in female-dominated industries, the gender discrimination that I talked about earlier and which becomes self-fulfilling in terms of decline, Mm. further decline of male teachers. And final question to you, Angelo, what do you think we stand to lose? Because I'm, I'm reading all of these articles and sometimes, you know, they can sound a little bit alarmist. Male teachers going extinct by 2050... Uh, you know, that we're in the next few years not going to see any male teachers anymore in, in, in schools, primary or secondary. What do you think we stand to lose by not having male teachers? We believe in that socially representative school, a socially representative schools where all kids in our community come together to learn together, to live together. And similarly, our staffing profile reflects that. It's about our representation. It's about who we are as a community and the breadth and depth of that community. And that's really important, recognising the roles of schools beyond simply the academic excellence and namely the socialisation also that takes place in schools. Angelo Gavriliatis from the New South Wales Teachers Federation there. And look, the resounding uh, point that I take away from that interview was that it's not just hard to recruit male teachers, it seems to be difficult to recruit any kind of teachers especially because we've come out of a three-year pandemic that's been particularly hard on the profession. So obviously this is a problem that runs bigger than the recruitment of male teachers, but still this is a very specific element of the workforce that, I mean, I personally would love to see rectified as somebody who's got a baby who's about, well, not about to go into school, but in five or so years' time, I think we stand to lose a lot by not having male teachers at school. Listener.